Corinthians 1, verse 26. The Bible says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the might, the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised have God chosen, and yet things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Amen. One more portion, please. Ephesians 1. And we are going to begin reading at verse 15. The Bible says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Amen. Now by the help of the Lord today, I want to begin talking to us about the supreme revelation of your calling. The supreme revelation of your calling. Why don't we just pray one more time? Thank the Lord. Father, we appreciate you today. We give thanks to you right now. And we know that your will is so important to us today. We thank you for every man that is here. We thank you for every young man, every teenager, every adolescent that's here this morning. And Lord God, we trust your anointing to direct us, to guide us, and to feed us today. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, let's give the Lord another hand. As we, uh, for most of us, remain seated. Amen. Now I want to share a little story with you. I got in the church in Mannheim, West Germany, back in 1983, I believe it was. And um, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost in the barracks. I was in the military at that time. I was on leave uh, prior to going to Germany. And I got baptized in Jesus' name and didn't even know the importance of it. Okay, let me give you an example. There was a man that worked with my wife who was a minister and uh, he was studying for the ministry. And every weekend back then, they didn't have computers and stuff like that. They had the little film strips. Well, we used to go to his house on Friday nights when I would come up to visit with my wife and uh, we would have the Bible studies. And he began to tell me about baptism. And so when I got baptized, I was actually on leave from North Carolina going to Germany. And I wasn't even getting baptized into a church. I was actually getting baptized unto Christ. That's my, that was my approach at the time because I didn't know any difference. And so I got baptized. 
When I got baptized, all I knew was Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost at that time. And so when he baptized me and put me under the water, I said, and he said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sin. When he put me under the water, while I was up under the water, I said to myself, he said in Jesus' name, and not Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I didn't even know that there was even any distinction. Three weeks later, God led me to a UPC minister, Brother Kinders, that began to witness to me about the Holy Ghost. And so I went to church that day, that Sunday with him, did not receive the Holy Ghost. Two days later, a brother came in my room and said, Brother, if you really want the Holy Ghost, you can get the Holy Ghost right now. And when he said that, he left my room. He left me there. My two roommates was in the bed sleep. I got down on my knees. It was about 6.30, quarter 7 at night. I got down on my knees and I began to pray. And when I began to pray, about five minutes later, the Holy Ghost came down on me. I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I stayed down there for about five more minutes to make sure that I had the Holy Ghost because I had never heard my, nobody speak with tongues. So I, this was all new for me. I got up, ran down the hall, knocked on the brother's door, and said, man, I just got the Holy Ghost. I just got the Holy Ghost. His roommate was sitting right there. He said, man, let's just praise God. And when I lifted my hands, the Holy Ghost came down on me again. I began to speak with tongues again, and God confirmed to that brother that I received the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, my life has not been the same. Since that day. Amen. Now, I share that story with you because about a month and a half later, um, I was in a service with one of our missionaries, Brother Enos. Um, he's out in Indiana now, but, but Brother Enos was the, 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 the superintendent in Germany at the time. And he made a statement to me that I never forgot. Not to me, but he was making a statement in the message he taught. And the message, his message was this. He said, there is no quick way to be a man of God. He said, there's no quick way to be a man of God. He said, in order to become a man of God, it takes many days, many years, many months, many experiences. And you got to think, I was only 21 years old at the time when I heard this statement. And I'm sitting there wondering, my God, uh, I'm just getting in this. Amen. So I ain't nowhere near no man of God. But I can tell you from that day to this day, I have prayed this prayer. Lord don't let me skip one step on the staircase of development. Come on, Holy Ghost. Now, you, you really got to mean that, Elder, because when you pray those kind of prayers, things can go a little slow for you. Come on, Holy Ghost. And God can really work on you. When, when, when I was in Germany, I took a break class, a class on fixing breaks, and I got a B average out of that class, but I wouldn't fix my own breaks, okay? <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell you, I was in a, I'm not a mechanical type person, and so I was in this class with all of these mechanics, and so they knew everything, everything that the instructor was teaching, they just knew it. So when it came down to doing it, they was all over it. So I never really got my hands on how to really get a hold of this thing. But I can remember that, that we would put the drum, back then you just put the drums on a lathe. And on that lathe, if, if you wanted to get a smooth finish, you would put it on where the, where the um, uh, 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 what they call it, the... Um, edge of it that would scrape the, 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 the drum, it would be real fine, and it would go real slow, 
Amen. And they would just swipe off the metal off of that thing real slow. You had to have a lot of patience. Now, if you wanted to have a rocky finish, you would just put it on fast. It would be dee 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 But if you really wanted to have a real fine finish, you had to put it on that lathe and it would have to go real, real slow. And sometimes, brothers, God is like that with our calling in our lives. Amen. Because a lot of time we think that once God called us, that we immediately always enter into our calling without giving space and without giving time for God to begin to work on us and to begin to deal with us. Come on now. And so we want to deal with, with, with this today. Because, you know, when we read the Bible and we read about Abraham and we read about, <coughs> excuse me, Joseph, and we read about David, and we read about Moses, we we know the, the end of the story. Amen. But they didn't know the end of the story. Come on now. When, when, when God called Abraham out uh, 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 of the Chaldean, amen, he didn't know what God was doing. Um, and he just knew I had to follow God. Amen. And, 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 I, and I make reference to that because a lot of us are in a place in our walk with God right now where we're trying to figure out, Lord, what are you trying to do with me? Am I in the right place this morning? Amen. And we're trying to get our head wrapped around, Lord, and, and, and we feel sometimes inferior. But I want to encourage somebody to, today that those in the Bible were just like you and me. They was just having to walk by faith like you and me. They was giving up every day like you and me, trusting that somehow their life was going to make sense at some point with God being the head of their life. Right. Amen. 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 I mean, I mean, think about Abraham. When, when, when the Lord called him out, there was four places in Abraham's life where God made him separate himself from something that he loved. Think about it. He had to leave his, his kindred in, in, in Genesis chapter 12, where he had to leave his country and his kindred. And think about it. We think that was easy. But you got to remember, that's all Abraham knew at the time. Come on, Lord. And God says, Abraham, I got a will for you. I got a purpose for you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to call you blessed. I want you to be this great man of God. And God says, but you got to leave something that you love. Come on, Holy Ghost. And, 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 and I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this thing about having a, a revelation of your calling is a very delicate thing because sometimes God is going to require you to leave some stuff that you love. It's going to cause you to have to separate yourself from some things that you love and that you really care about. Think about it. God called, put him to a place where he had to separate himself from his nephew. Come on now. He had to separate himself from his nephew. He loved his nephew. And in one sense, he, it was almost like he disobeyed God because when God told him to leave his kindred and leave his country, he brought some kindred with him. Right. Come on, Holy Ghost. It was almost like God was saying, You didn't do everything I told you to do the first time. Amen. And so so it came a point where Abraham and Lot had to separate themselves, even though Abraham had to stay involved a little bit later there in his life. But then the third place where God had to cause him to separate, he had to cause him to separate from his own plan. Think about it. Him and, him and his wife came up glory to God with the idea of Ishmael. Amen. And have a child for God, so to speak. And, 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 and when God came to Abraham one day and said, Abraham, you're going to have a child. He said, oh, Lord, just bless Ishmael. And God said, it's not an Ishmael. See, sometimes God will call you to get separated from your own plans. Come on, ask, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something, brother. They one of the hardest things to do, especially when we got intentions to do good things for God. So come on now. Sometimes I can't understand why God don't follow my plan. God, what is wrong with it? This is for you. And how did you let this fall through again? 
that camp when we be arguing with God. And God said, that ain't my plan. Ishmael is not my plan. Help me, Holy Ghost. Ishmael is not my plan. And so sometimes as you go through this process of your calling, God going to let you understand what's your plan and what's his plan is two different things. Uh, yeah. And sometimes you will have to look at God and look at yourself and say, Lord, I submit. Because sometimes we have some good plans for God. But God says, I don't need your plan. I got my own Isaac for you. I got my own Isaac. And Isaac going to take some time. And Isaac is going to cause you to have to trust me in places, amen, where most men fear to tread. And then, of course, the fourth place where God called Abraham to separate from something he loved, he called him to separate himself from his own son. The promise. The promise. Now, this is where we got to be careful right here, doctor. Because many times when we get something that we know is from God, if we're not careful, we'll start loving it more than we're loving God. Come on, girls. And God, brother, is not even going to take second seat to his own promise in our lives, right? And so God told Abraham to go and offer up his son Isaac. And and you know Isaac, you know Abraham just did it. Yeah. And because you know, if I'm not, if I'm careful, you can correct me if I'm wrong, doctor. But I believe during that time, that was something that the the culture around them did, and offered up their children as sacrifices to their false gods. Right. Yeah. Come on, Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, 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 and God was trying to show, see Abraham. Abraham, would you love me as more as the heathens? Whether you're called to preach, whether you're called to be a musician, 
whether you call to be a Sunday school teacher, whether you call to be a usher, whether you call to be a supporter, a helper, a father, a, a, a leader, whatever the case may be, no matter what your calling is, it's going to come with a process. God is going to process you. God is going to deal with you. Now think about Joseph for a minute. We're familiar with the story of Joseph and how that when God started giving Joseph those dreams and how once he started declaring what those dreams was to his brothers, the first thing they wanted to do was kill him. Come on now. They wanted to kill him. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. When, when God starts dealing with you about what he's called you to do, uh, you're going to have things come at you uh, that's going to feel like it's killing you. Come on, Holy Ghost. It's going to feel like it's coming to choke you out. It's going, you're going to feel like it's coming to just undermine what you're trying to do. And if you don't understand that, which most of us, let me get this straight here. Most of us in the beginning don't have no clue what that's about. No more than Joseph did. Joseph was only 17 years old when the Lord started speaking to him. If he was 20 years uh, down the road, he might not have held off speaking to his brother. But he was a young man and he was excited about what God was going to do. But when he didn't count in, in the equation, that there was going to be a bunch of jealous brothers around. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. And the Bible said the first thing that they said when they saw Joseph coming that day, they said, here goes that dreamer. Glory to God. Let's take him and cast him into some pit. Glory to God. And they threw him into a pit against the wisdom of their older brother Reuben. And Reuben was trying to keep them from doing it, but they threw him in the pit anyway. And then they sold him to the Egyptians. And of course, he got to Potiphar's house. Glory to God. And was doing great there. And, and Potiphar was taking advantage of the blessing and the anointing of God that was in his life. Yes, yes. Come on, Holy Ghost. Yes. And then on top of that, his wife started liking him. <laughs> Come on now. Amen. And you know good and well the devil ain't sending you nothing ugly. <laughs> Come on now, you know, you know the devil ain't sending you nothing other track. Come on, the ghost. I, I, I guarantee you, uh, that lady was beautiful. I guarantee you, come on, I, I was how in the world would he even get tempted if she wasn't beautiful? Come on, Holy Ghost. But see, Joseph had a revelation. Let me tell you something about, about your calling. You got to recognize your calling is going to come with temptation. And we know Joseph passed that test, and then he got he got he got he got uh, 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 falsely accused by the wife, and then he got into prison. And the Bible lets me know that God was 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 with him there, and he began to prosper there. And then he sought interpreting dreams there and we know the story of the baker and the butler and how the baker got killed and the butler got his job back and left him in prison for two more years now what are you saying in all this as we go through this when we read of the story of Joseph we think Joseph was just happy-go-lucky going through those situations Praise God. I'm in a pit. Glory to God. I know it won't be but too long. I'm going to be, glory to God, on the throne in Egypt. He had no clue that there was a throne waiting on him. When he was in that pit, he was just like, you're not wondering when I'm coming up out of here. It's dark in here. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Listen, these guys are sitting around, glory to God, eating lunch while Joseph's in that pit screaming out to them. Amen. When he got to Potiphar's house, he had no clue, amen, that, that, that Potiphar would take advantage of him or his wife would falsely accuse him. When he got into prison, he had no clue how that was going to go. In other words, brothers and sisters, let's, brothers, excuse me, let's not be deceived when it comes to our calling. Because our calling many times can consist of rejection, it can, it can come by somebody misusing the fate of God in your life. 
that can come by people taking advantage of the goodness of God in your life. It can come as a result of false accusation. Right. It can come as a result of be betrayal. But you know what? Sometimes we don't always know what our calling is going to consist of. Come on now. But all we know is that we must remain faithful to it. Yes. Sometimes, let me tell you something, brothers. You're not going to always get out of your calling what you want for it. Or what you want from it. Or what you wanted to give to you. But sometimes God is going to allow lean times in your life, glory to God, so you can know that there's one God that you need to be dependent on. And all he's asking you to do is to remain faithful to that call. I remember one time I was in a service. Um, I had preached for a brother and, um, on that Friday and Saturday. And, and on a Sunday night, I was deciding I'm not going to go back to that service tonight. And so anyway, brother, there's a uh, handkerchief right in my inside pocket on my jacket. Um, that night I decided, no, I'm not going to go. And, and, and while I was preaching, uh, while I was preaching, I mean, while I was praying that afternoon, the Lord spoke to me to go. Now let me tell you what the situation was. We were about $5,000 short on our church rent, lease, right? And I'm going to this service, not even thinking about that. I'm just going because I felt like the Lord told me to just go. So we went to the service. I'm not the preacher. They had another speaker from out of town preaching. But they had me come and sit on the platform. So I'm sitting on the platform. The preacher preached, Holy Ghost move. The pastor gets up. And the pastor says to the church. He says, the Lord just spoke to me. And said, we need to give an offering to Brother Blandon. <laughs> now all I was doing was sitting there. I'm not even preaching. I'm not even up doing anything to serve. I'm just there sitting with the other ministers. And he told the church that. And, and he said it and he immediately walked off the platform and to his office, wrote a check. Wow. When he went and wrote the check, he came back on the platform and just handed me the check. And they closed out the service. Well, I had to go get my wife. No, let me, let, let me, let me bring one thing up here. When the pastor said to the church that God spoke to me and said we need to give an offering to Brother Blandon. The pastor who had just finished preaching leaped up out of his chair and said God just told me to do the same thing. And so when I got the envelope I didn't look at it and I went to my car to go get my car to come back to the front door to pick my wife up. Holy Ghost said, look into the envelope. When I looked into the envelope, Elder, it was a check for $5,000. <laughs> Just what we, come on, y'all got to hear me now. Come on now. It was a check for $5,000. The other pastor a week later sent me another check for $1,000. Somebody else from the congregation sent me another check for another hundred dollars. What are you trying to say to us, Pat? I'm trying to tell you, you don't always know what your call is going to consist of, but you gotta stay faithful to it. Come on, Holy Ghost. It's not going to always go according to plan. Sometimes you're going to have to deal with rejection. Sometimes you're going to have to deal with waiting. Sometimes you're going to have to deal with lean times. But know that God got your back somehow. Know that God is going to take care of you somehow. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. Know that God is going to make a way for you somehow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
Lord, let's give the Lord a hand for this for Thank you, Lord. 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 See, Paul understood this. Amen. See, see, we're talking about the supreme revelation of your calling. See, see, when something is supreme in nature, it means that it is of the greatest importance, of the greatest significance, of the greatest degree, and of the greatest in achievement. In other words, when something is supreme, it is of the highest quality is the ultimate and it's the best. Come on, Holy Ghost. When God calls you, he calls us to the best. Come on, Holy Ghost. When God calls you, he calls you to the highest quality. When God calls you, come on, Holy Ghost, he calls you to the ultimate. Y'all, there is nothing like this supernatural calling that you and I got on our lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And, and, and when you equate something that is supreme with the divine appointment of your calling, then you will understand the need to have a revelation of why God called you in the first place. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We got to know, is this okay, Elder? Yeah. I, I, I feel like God dealt with me about this on the airplane and, and, and in the hotel room the last couple of days. Because God wants you and me to see what it is that we have received. Right. He wants to have clarity about it. He wants to know that there's nothing like the call of God that he has placed on your life. Whether it's just to be a father, whether it's to be a leader, whether it's to be a teacher, whether it's to be a musician, whether it's to be a preacher, or whatever the case it is that God has called you into. I want you to know your calling is special and your calling is valuable. What? Oh, yeah, yes. Now let's go to the Bible here a little bit. Let's go back to the book of Romans, chapter number one. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Glory to God in the house. Ah, yeah, I'm gonna say. That was on me. I'm trying to keep trying to turn it away from that. Hell, now that's why I brought my Bible over here. Paul said, the Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Paul recognized, come on somebody, Paul recognized his calling as a prophetic calling. He recognized it as a divine appointment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He said, when God called me, he separated me. I like what you said a moment ago when you said we're on assignment. Uh, yeah, we're on assignment. We, we're here for a specific reason. Glory to God. And, and then we can allow God to open us up. I said, Lord, I am not here just to bring something here to Alberta or, 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 or to this, this meeting that we're in. But I'm here to receive something. Don't let me go back, glory to God, to the United States the same way that I came. Let there be a greater revelation of what I'm here for. Let there be a greater understanding what it is I'm supposed to do. You've got to see your calling as something that's divine. you got to see it as something that is prophetic. Paul said which he had a promise before by the prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul saw his calling connected to something that was prophetic and connected with the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry. Hallelujah. He saw it connected with something special. He saw it connecting with something that was anointed. He saw it connected with something that was powerful. But then down to verse number five. And then six, uh, no, verse number six, he said, Among whom ye also are the called 
of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. He wanted them to know, doctor, that their calling was just as special as his calling. Right. He, he wanted those people in Rome to know that, hey, come on, somebody, your calling is special. Come on, somebody. Come on, man. Your calling is special. No matter what your position is in the church. Hallelujah. No matter how old you are, young man, your calling has value to it. The church needs you. The ministry needs you. Recognize it. That I'm something special. I don't have to have no position. I don't have to have no title. The fact that I have responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ puts a calling on my life that makes it worth living and makes it worth carrying out for the glory of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, This is why Paul in Ephesians 1. This is why he prayed the prayer that he prayed for the Ephesian church. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. You was alluding to it earlier when you were making mention of revelation. Glory to God being light and the capacity to be able to see with clarity things that others cannot see. And Paul says, I want you to get revelation of the knowledge of him. I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know who Jesus is in you. I want you to know how you ought to operate in him. I want you to know how you need to function in him. He said that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that you may know, that you may know what, what is the hope of his calling. That you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his might. Come on. I want to know why you, I want you to know why you've been called. I want you to know what your future holds. Come on, I want you to be able to see your life, hallelujah, in the light of what God has planned for you. Come on, Holy Ghost. When you are a young man, when you can see the hope of your calling, you make decisions based on the light that God has given you and what your future is going to be whole. Right, right, right. Come on, Holy Ghost. He said, I want you to know the riches of the glory of his inner. Do you understand, brothers, that your calling gives you the capacity to make God rich? Come on, Holy Ghost. That's why when God starts processing you, brothers, amen, he's coming to get back the dividends on the wealth that he has placed inside of you. I know you think you can't take it, but God says, I know what I put in you. You can't handle this. You can't take this. You can't deal with this. Yeah. It's amazing. God take us through stuff that we would never take ourselves through. I'm at the right place here. I know yes. I know y'all from Canada, but brother, I'm telling you that if you're in the kingdom, you're dealing with some stuff. Oh, and I'm telling you, God takes us through stuff that we would never take ourselves through. We would never include a part of the plan. But God looking at you said, I know the wealth that's inside of you. I know what parts of myself that's there. I know you can handle this. And I'm trying to get this perfected in you. Come on, somebody, because I'm coming to get my dividends. I'm coming to get my anointing. I'm coming to get my wealth that I place inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. Then he says that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power. In other words, he wants you to understand there's some power that come with this. That he wants you to know, that he wants you to see, that he wants to see demonstrated in your life. Let me tell you something, brother. Demonstration doesn't come until revelation comes. With revelation comes demonstration. When you believe that what you got inside of you is powerful and is supernatural, you begin to operate and function in that realm. Oh, Lord, Jesus, help me, Lord. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. What do you say here? Paul was saying that we need to get revelation or, or, or become aware of the supreme revelation of your calling. 
He was saying you need to get a revelation of how awesome your calling really is. Somebody say, I got an awesome calling. I got an awesome calling. You say, why is this revelation so important? Because I want you to know, brothers, that revelation is not just information about God. All right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Revelation is not just information about God. Let me tell you something else about Revelation. Revelation is not just historical data about God. Uh, come on, Holy Ghost. But Revelation is transformational knowledge that empowers you to experience God. See, it's one thing to have historical knowledge about God. It's one thing to have data about God. But it's another thing to experience God. Come on, come on. It's another thing to see God in ways that you would never get to see him if he didn't reveal himself to you. And I'm telling y'all, brothers, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm due for a fresh encounter with God. I'm due, hallelujah, for another level of transformation. I'm due for another level of knowledge. I'm due for another level of anointing that's going to change me, that's going to cause me to walk in this with a greater sense of surety and purpose and power. Let me tell you something, brothers. You cannot believe that God is a forgiving God, but never have experienced God's forgiveness when you come short. Uh -huh. Come on, Holy Ghost. You, 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 you see, the biggest challenge that God has is not just getting us to believe in Him, but God's biggest challenge is getting us to experience Him once we move beyond the initial threshold of believing. He is a reward of them that do what? That diligently. That diligently. Come on, there's got to be some seeking. There's got to be some action. There's got to be some activation. we got to believe that if I go after him, I'm going to wind up with him. Isn't it amazing when we're going through stuff and how we're seeking God to get us out of it? And then we find God in the middle of it? And we not even worry about coming out of it? Because once you discover God in it, that's all y'all that hear me now. That's all that matters. I found him. Now, yes. I want you to fix this situation. But if you don't, as long as I got you, I'm going to be able to continue on on my journey. Oh, y'all ain't here. Yes. God wants somebody here to know you're going to make it. Yes. Hallelujah. Even when you don't even feel like you're going to make it. You say, why is this important? Because the nature, this is going to get tricky here, but the nature a revelation exposes you to the nature of God until the nature of God becomes vulnerable to you. I say the nature of revelation is so powerful that it exposes you to the nature of God until the nature of God becomes vulnerable to you. Where he invites you in your human nature to become a frequent partaker of his divine nature. Is that all right? Yes. Let's just go to the Bible a little bit more on this. Let's go to 2 Peter, if you don't mind. I'll be the 2 Peter 1. Mm -hmm. through us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You see, brothers, when God calls you, you don't have a normal calling. You have a supreme calling. You have a calling of glory and you have a calling of virtue. In other words, God invites you to share in his own glory. And he invites you to share in his own intimate excellence. What are you saying to us, Brother Lennon? In other words, God won us in his inner circle. <laughs> He's not afraid to give us access to unexplored areas of his heart and mind. <laughs> so, that, so that we will have a better understanding of what makes him the Bible said, come on now, the Bible says of the children of Israel that, 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 that they knew his works, but they said Moses knew his ways. Come on now, come on now. The children of Israel saw the Red Sea open up, come on Holy Ghost. But God showed Moses how he did it. Showed them the process, this is how I did this. I'm causing the wind to blow right now. And I'm causing the, the, the waters to slip apart like this. In other words, God showed Moses things that hallelujah, the children of Israel could never see. Right. He wants you and me to have access to unexplored areas of his heart and of his mind. Listen, brothers, this thing of being partakers of his divine nature is no small matter. Come on now. It's no small matter. Even the angels desire to look into this. They try, come on, they try to get an understanding of what's going on there. Hallelujah. And we worry about seeing stuff that the angels see. And the angels try to get into what we got to hold on. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got to back. Doctor, we just got to be patient with this process. Yeah. I'm telling you now. 
I'm telling you now, because see, let, let me tell you something. Stuff, let, let me tell you something, brothers. I can imagine when Noah was building the ark, uh, how many people came by and mocked him while he was in the middle of building it. I can imagine how many people would tease Abraham about waiting and telling him, man, I, you're getting older and look at your hair's falling out. You need to go ahead and do something about this trusting God business. I can imagine when, when Joseph was in that jail prison had to wait two more years, the discouragement that may have been there for him for a little while. Let me tell you something, brothers. Don't let people judge you while you're in the middle of the building project. Don't let people judge you. Don't, don't, don't even judge yourself. God is not through with you. Come on, Holy Ghost. If you get up every day, maybe things ain't where you want them to be right now. Maybe things ain't where you need them to be right now. Maybe they didn't turn out like you had it planned. Maybe you made a bad investment. Whatever the case may be, come on, your life isn't over until God take you out of here. You don't know where your calling is going to lead you. You don't know what God is trying to prepare you for. You lean time don't be fighting you in God. All they are doing is preparing you for what God got for you. Hallelujah. And I think sometimes, Elder, we forget that we got eternal life waiting on us. I think we forget sometimes that it don't end in this life. I think sometimes we forget that God got great things for us gazillions of years from now if we just hold on. Come on, somebody. I was on drugs for 10 years. Come on now. 
I was facing life in prison when I was 15 years old. What am I doing up in Canada? This is the supreme revelation of the divine yes, Come on, Holy Ghost. The devil said to me at 15, you're going to be getting out of jail by the time you're 55 years old. See, I got friends that are still in jail from when we were teenagers. And they will never see the streets. But the devil said, you're going to be in jail until you die. And God said, no, at 54 years old, you're going to be in Alberta, Canada. We don't know what our calling would do for us. But with God, we got a talent. We got to appreciate it. Come on now. We got to appreciate it. It's of the highest quality. And this knowledge alone should make us one to value our calling. Come on, y'all sit down my hands. Come on, Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Bishop, I've been going over an hour now here and I can feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, someone. Let's stand on our feet right now. Come on. I've got to almost see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Uh, yeah, 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 you're trying to do something in us right now. You're trying to do something in every one of these young men, these older men, these middle-aged men. Come on, Lord, all of us are at different stages here. All of us have been through different progressions here. All of us, God, hallelujah, are dealing with things that want to challenge the calling of God in our life. Forgive us the mind of Abraham. Hallelujah, that we may even have to overcome some of our own failures. Come on now, can you imagine Abraham had to look into the face of his own failures and keep on going. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Lord. Let us hold on as Joseph did. When we're in dark, deep pits, that we don't know when we're going to come out of them. Come on, Lord. Help us in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. To walk in this. Hallelujah. As Paul did. Help our eyes to be open, Lord. So we may know the hope of our calling. So that we may know what the riches of the glory of your inheritance and the saints. That we may know the exceeding glory of your power, Lord. We know you're not finished with us, Lord. We know we're not perfected yet. But oh, give us a revelation, Lord, of the supreme calling that you place us in our lives today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Let's keep worshiping God. I'm not trying to teach the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let's let him minister to us for a few minutes here. Come on, let him let him deal with us for a few minutes here. Come on, let him get a hold of us for a few minutes here. I know we can come here the same, and I know we can leave the same, but that's not our desire. That's not our intent today. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We want something valuable to happen. We want something special to happen. Hallelujah. We need it, God. We're not here to do the motions, Lord. We're not here to just teach. We're here to be and having transformational experiences with you, Lord. We want revelation. We don't want just historical data. We don't want just information. We want something that's going to transform us. We want something that's going to cause us to ascend. We want something that's going to cause us to exceed. We want something that's going to cause us to abound. We want something that's going to cause us to go beyond. In the name of the Lord. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it, Lord. We need your glory upon us. We need your majesty upon us. We need your blessing upon us. Yes. Come on, Lord. As we deal with the rejection, as we deal, hallelujah, with the criticism, as we deal with the things that we don't understand, help every one of us today. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's worship God. Let's take the power of God. 